The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited for today's episode because it is a little bit different from my marathon training series where I mostly talk about running, but it's still related, and you'll see why, but it's mostly just an episode about being true and honest and sort of opening up about something that I have been struggling with. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the episode. A quick little life update slash check-in, if you will. Um, I've been, I started doing these at the beginning of the episodes and I, I sort of like them, but I just finished a 13 mile run and that also ends week 13 of training for the London Marathon, which means that by next week, which is just a few days away, we'll be four weeks out, which is so crazy. That's like a month. And I got my race day singlet today in the mail. And I'm just so excited because, I mean, I'm not excited because next weekend is a 20 mile run and I'm kind of scared. It's weird because even though I've done these mileages before in terms of just like running them, I think it's still just like coming back and doing it again after like not doing it for a while is just very daunting. And I'm sort of trying to plan out the route in my head and obviously need to get gels and whatnot. So, that I can be fueled during it, but I'm definitely going to test out the race day singlet and sort of see how it feels with my hydration backpack. But it is just so crazy that like, it feels like the marathon is right around the corner and it feels like this has been like the thing that has been like consuming my summer, but like in the best way. And this sort of just leads me into the topic of today's episode. I figured I'd just jump right in, but it's all around stress. And (laughs) I think I'm a very, I'd say that I'm kind of a stress ball. And I think that I'm very attracted to like high, being highly productive and high productivity and being able to like label yourself as that, if you will. And I think I did a few episodes ago, I talked about this book that I read by Grace Beverly. It's called Working Hard, Hardly Working. And that book is essentially like how to work smart. And I think I almost feel like I need to go and reread that because I have been feeling like I don't know if it's just work, but if when I think about it, it's like I've got work going on at like a full-time job as well as marathon training, which includes fundraising. And I think I just didn't think about how much this would, how much this may stress me out. And while I'm so grateful for like my job and for the opportunity to run in the marathon and run with such an awesome charity, it's just like so much at once that like I almost feel like I needed to have Google Calendar my whole life. And I only really use Google Calendar for work, but I I just feel like so many things are like, it always feels like there are things that I need to do. I never really feel satisfied at the end of the day, if that makes sense. And I've been working really closely with my therapist on this. And I've opened up before about how I am seeing a therapist and she's having me read this book called Reinventing Your Life. And it's super, super good. It's all about schemers. And I think I spoke about this a few episodes back, but it's like one of those things where you take a test and you kind of figure out what 
frames your personality and it's one of those like personality type tests but there are different schemers and the way that she explains them is like looking through like a lens I guess and like picking up different glasses and being able to see your life in different ways but like having it attribute to your life and be somehow connected to your life so I have about three or four but I will be talking about the subjugation one and the unrelenting standards and these are these totally relate to stress and how stressed I feel all the time. And I think specifically this month, it's just been really hard. And I think because this is like, you know, the month that's like before, it's really before the last month because September will be the last full month and then the marathon is on the 3rd of October. And it just feels like everything has been so full on and I've had so many goals that I wanted to accomplish at work that I have and I'm proud of myself for. But I think that I really struggle And I'm sure that a lot of people do with being able to say no to people and being able to kind of, you know, put a pause in your day and know when you need to go and like take a walk. I'm one of those people that is so bad at taking my lunch and it's literally because I will jump from one thing to another and I just don't know how to take a break. And then when you factor in marathon training, which I typically start my day with, like it usually puts me in a really good headspace. But I just think that by the end of the day, I just always feel like I'm so ready to go home and just absolutely crash. And I joke about how I go to bed at like 7.38 sometimes, but genuinely this is like because I am just so, so tired. And I think for a while it's, I haven't really been addressing it and I think I've just kind of, you know, joked about it and how busy I am and how busy I make myself. But this month specifically, I've noticed that I didn't get my period and that is such a big indicator from your body saying you need to slow the F down. If you've listened to some of my other episodes around my eating disorder, you'll know that because of my anorexia, I lost my period for two years. So I think this has just been a bit scary to me. I know that it's going to be okay. And I know that there are definitely steps that I'm going to take and that I'll speak about at the end of this episode to de-stress myself a bit. But I think it's just because The last time that I didn't have a period was like years ago when I was in high school and I was anorexic and I was purposefully starving myself and like totally highly stressing my body out by over-exercising and things like that. But I think it's really interesting how stress relates to your reproductive system and I use a period app called Clue and it basically told me that I was supposed to get my period last Saturday and it's been a week and we're basically at the end of August so it looks like it is not coming. I also totally am acknowledging that I have a very highly female audience. So if there are any guys listening, totally fine. If you want to learn more about periods and how they relate to stress, this is your episode. But I'm just going to be very open and honest about this sort of stuff because I'm really interested in like health and stuff like that. So I'm really interested in all how it all kind of interconnects. So when you just look at the definition of stress, stress is a normal psychological and physiological reaction to changes in someone's environment, which could be emotional, physical, social, or cultural. By the way, I'm getting this all from an article from the app Clue that I use, so I'll leave a link in the show notes. But when you're talking about the biological relationship between stress and the reproductive system, stress activates a hormonal pathway in the body called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axes, and that's called an acronym HP. 
HPA. So the activation of the HPA axes is associated with increased levels of cortisol and corticotropin releasing hormone, which has got an acronym called CRH. So the HPA axes, cortisol and CRH help control stress in response to the body. CRH and cortisol release can suppress normal levels of reproductive hormones, potentially leading to abnormal ovulation, which is called anovulation, which is no ovulation, or amenorrhea, which is the absence of menstruation, which is what I am currently experiencing. It goes on to talk about how it can have a really negative effect on pregnancy and preterm birth, but we do not want to go there just yet because I think that we can still nick this thing in the butt. And I think that there are definitely ways that I can just take steps to de-stress and like actively in my head tell myself that I need to de-stress. So I'll start by the obvious. Step one for me will definitely be actually taking my full lunch and my job gives us an hour for lunch, which I know not a lot of jobs do. And the fact that I don't take advantage of that is quite sad. And I know that a lot of people that I've told at work have just kind of looked at me like, how in the world do you function? Slash like, how are you not taking that lunch? So I think that that's the first thing that I really want to do to de-stress my body. The second one is I want to really focus on sleep and like make an effort to actually try and get adequate sleep. I know that I said that I usually will sleep around 7.38, but there are definitely still nights where I will just like be up scrolling on my phone in bed on like TikTok or Instagram until like 10 p.m. and then I'll fall asleep then. And then because I wake up so early to go run before work, I just don't get enough sleep. And I think that that really feeds into, you know, my overall health as well as just like how I can function and my stress levels. So I think that just being more aware of that and maybe switching out the phone for a book before bed, because I know that that is known to help you fall asleep faster. So I think that that'll just be an active effort that I will be making this week. Third is I will probably be doing more days working for from home. So my job kind of gives us the option as to whether we'd like to work in the office or work from home. And I'm someone who just am better in the office. I think that I'm more productive and just function a lot better. But I also think that I can totally do that from home. I just think that I like the environment of being around people and whatnot. But I think that I really need to make an active effort to just slow down a bit. And if I even just take out those commute times and like rushing to get to work and stressing about being late, I think that that will really help in the end. I think I'm also just in the middle of a transition in my role at the moment. So there's just quite a lot going on at the moment. But I think Hopefully in a month's time, I'll be a little less stressed and my workload will be a little bit less. But I think if you have the option between choosing to work from home or in the office, I think if you're struggling with stress like I am, it may just be better to do some more days from home. Step four is I would definitely like to get back into the routine of having meals throughout my day. And I say this and it may sound a bit alarming, but I definitely do have breakfast before going for my runs because I do wake up on quite an empty stomach and I'm just like always so hungry when I wake up, but I'm just really bad when it comes to, especially during the week, I will just kind of snack and graze throughout the day and I won't actually like have a proper lunch. And sometimes I won't really have a proper dinner either. I'm going to be honest. I think I kind of just will make whatever is easiest and I won't I won't really plan things out. And I think it's really important to sort of obviously be fueling yourself. I think unless I know that I have some sort of a longer run than usual, then I'll actually actively like 
make pasta or something. But otherwise, I just think that I've become quite bad at like the meal thing, which sounds so stupid. But like when you're so busy, you just like, you don't really think about these things and you will just eat whatever like office snacks there are or like whatever you can find in your cupboard. And I used to be someone who used to prep her lunches and like actually really enjoy having dinner and like cooking a dinner. And I don't know, I'm just, I've become not so great at it, but I think it's just like actively making the time to do that, whether it's on a Sunday meal prepping before the week, or if it's every night cooking for the next day, whatever works, I think it's definitely something that I need to implement back into my schedule. And lastly, I think I want to start implementing some sort of a, a gratitude journal again. I used to have one and I left it at my parents' house in the States, but it was a really great way to sort of write down three things you're grateful for at the beginning of the day, what you're excited for before the day, and then at the end of the day, you'd write about like three things that went well and how you'd like to improve. And I think it's just being mindful. And I think that if you're so go, go, go all the time and you're just so focused on work and or training or what have you, I think that it's really hard to slow down and remember that you can actually like find gratitude in really, really small things throughout your day. Like if someone held the door for you, if someone, you know, paid for your coffee, I think that there are such small things that you, they'll happen in the blink of a second and then you forget about them. But I think it's important to like jot these down and like kind of just express gratitude for the really small things because it's really easy to get fixated on the bigger things in life and feel like you have to obsessively think about it at all times of the day. I am so guilty of this, but I think gratitude journaling is something that I really miss and I think that I will definitely start implementing again. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. If you check out the first link in the show notes, it'll actually be to my fundraiser for Boston Children's Hospital. As I said, we are just four weeks out, so I would appreciate any donations or sharing of the link. Also follow the podcast on Instagram. It's just at Resiliency and Running as well as TikTok for my daily running vlogs. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.